Kendall's and I just don't get along always. We'll pretend. <laughs> we like to, the light of Christ this morning. Remember, Jesus Christ walks with us each and every single day as people who follow in his way to love and serve others as, we, as he loves and serves us. Let us join together in a responsive song. Bless God, my soul, and all my being. Bless God's holy name. Bless God, my soul, and forget not all God's for you. Bless God, who forgives all your sin, who heals you in all your infirmity. Who redeems your heart from the grave and crowns you with mercy and love. Who fills your life with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. God, you showed your way to Moses, your deeds to the children of Israel. You are compassionate and merciful, slow to anger, and striving to love. You will not always nor accuse, nor do you keep your anger forever. You have not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our wickedness. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is your steadfast love toward those who fear you. As Father has compassion for his children, so you have compassion for those who fear you. As a mother comforts her child, so you comfort us For you know how we were made. As the seasons change around us, we know that you never change. Your love is always steadfast and true. As we worship today, may we feel your love in and through us as we praise you in voice and in song. Amen. Our opening hymn today is Praise My Soul, the God of Heaven.
Good morning. morning. Our scripture this morning is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, reading verses 21 to 35. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the reckoning, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold and with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that servant released him and forgave the debt. But that same servant, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and besought him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison till he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you besought me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord delivered him to the jailers till he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, we gather today in your presence to be reminded of your steadfast love for your children. And so, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. On Wednesday morning, Bev and I went downtown Sydney for a protest. Actually, we went for a counter-protest to the protest. You may have read about it in the Post or saw it on the news this week. Protests and counter-protests were held all across the country on Wednesday. The protest was called One Million March for Kids. Sounds great. A goal of one million people marching for the protection of children. But there's a problem. They are marching or protesting for certain children. They want to remove some rights for other children. Rights that entrust them, that, that grant them a safe space in our schools to explore just who they are, including their sexuality. Their protests are targeting what they believe to be the indoctrination of trans and other sexual lifestyles. They think school curriculum and teachers are grooming children to take on alternative sexual preferences and identities as to how they were born. In other words, I think the protesters have lost their minds. We have teachers here at Carmen, and I have to ask, have you yourself Or have you seen as part of the curriculum anything that would amount to something that could be considered as grooming children to make them gay or trans? 
You haven't seen anything like that, I don't think. The drivers of this protest are right-wing conservatives and religious groups. The drivers of the protest are the same people who organized the Freedom Convoy that terrorized downtown Ottawa at the peak of the pandemic. The organizer of the Sydney protest is well known for her anti-vax, anti-COVID, anti-mask, anti-environment, anti-LGBTQ plus views. In fact, she's down there most weekends at City Hall preaching through her megaphone to anyone who will listen. And honestly, from what I've seen on the rare occasion that I am downtown on a week weekend morning, she doesn't seem to have that many friends who follow her. Bev and I gathered with the counter-protesters, those who wish to see safe space for all children in schools, not just for those who act or think a certain way or the ways in which the other group would accept as normal. I wore my clergy collar, which many of you know I don't do very often, but I, may, but I felt it was important to show that as a religious leader, I support safe spaces in schools for all children. Across the country, there are protests in pretty much every city. And I saw a video of the protests in Halifax. It was intense. A thousand people gathered downtown on both sides. And as you watch the video, they yelled and screamed at each other. And things were thrown at the LGBTQ plus supporters, along with many other hurtful words and signs, signs of hatred targeting them specifically. I was shocked. The Sydney protest was actually kind of peaceful and mostly respectful, except for a few exceptions. In fact, as you watch the two groups, there was actually intermingling between them, conversations from both sides of the issue. But when you watch in Halifax and even in other cities, there was one group that clearly despised the other. And it was disgraceful and it was hard to watch. There's a clip of a man in Halifax who went on camera for an interview. And he was asked if he believes that everyone should have the same rights. And he said, no. So the reporter followed up. Do you think they deserve basic human rights? And he said, no. I was shocked. Like, I know people think this and feel this in their hearts and, and in the privacy of their homes, but this man was willing to go on camera on public record saying that a certain percentage of the population does not deserve basic human rights. Even things like safe space in schools, for example. There are people in this world I do not agree with on many issues. But I would never, I would never deny them basic human rights. I would never deny them their existence as human beings, which is what this man was implying should happen. Did you see on the news in the last week or so that a trans child at a middle school in Sydney was severely beaten on school grounds because they were trans? Well, the child is now being homeschooled, afraid for their safety, and unwelcome among people their own age. Someone I love, someone I am very close to, came out to me recently as trans. And I'll admit, the news floored me. It shook me a bit. I was not ready for it. I did not expect it. And I didn't really know what to do with the news. All I could think to do in that moment, as I tried to sort out the emotions I was feeling, I could simply say, you're happy? They said yes. I paused, still trying to figure out what was going on in my mind and body as I reacted to this news. And I just simply said, I love you. Because I do. Nothing has changed in my feelings for this person. They are created by God. They are loved by God. And as much as I don't understand the process of how they got to where they are, I still love them. Do I have to understand? No. I don't, I, I, I'd like to, but it's not necessary. It's not going to change my relationship with them. 
I just need to get used to a, a new name and new pronouns, which I'm getting better at. They're still a human being. They're still deserving of access to everything I have access to. And it kills me to see people out there hating them, screaming at them, throwing things at them, saying they don't deserve basic human rights. How much hatred do you need to be carrying within you to say these things in front of a news camera? I just don't get it. And now a person I love, someone I've known for 20 years, is going to face these kinds of people for the rest of their lives. That's why. That's why I went to downtown Sydney on Wednesday morning, wearing my collar as a religious leader in Cape Breton. I was one of two Christian leaders that stood with the counter-protesters, with the roughly 100 people who stood in opposition to another group that sought to spread hatred. We had them outnumbered about two to one, by the way. And yes, as I stood there, I recognized Christian leaders and church-going people on the other, in the other group. The LGBT community deserves basic human rights just like the rest of us. And they need to know God cares. I was quoted in the paper from that event. I'm sure some of you saw it. I'll say again what I said there. The Jesus I follow is the most inclusive example we have. And I stand in support of safe space for all children in schools. I said that because Jesus walked with anyone and everyone. And he loved them. He loved them even when no one else did. People from all kinds of walks of life, he loved them. And I'm just simply trying to do the same. As for my friend, if anyone tries to deny them, if anyone tries to hurt them, I will fight them. I will literally fight them if I have to. I will take and throw punches if necessary. I'm willing to go as far as putting my life on the line for them. Because everyone deserves basic human rights. Everyone. No matter if you agree with them or not, they deserve basic human rights as co-members of the human race. They are not below anyone else. What would you do if it was your child or your grandchild? You would still love them? Would you fight for them? Sure you would. You know what, though? This all comes about because people are scared of something different. Something that is uncomfortable for them. Something that challenges their nice and tidy worldview. And they decide it's an abomination. And they hate it. Unfortunately, many of them hide behind their Bibles, making up excuses for spreading hate. I just wish maybe they picked it up and opened it once in a while and read. And realizing that God's love knows no bounds. No one is outside of God's love. I'd also wish they would stop listening to the right-wing lunatics who perpetuate this hatred and spread lies about how our children are being treated in schools. That's how this particular protest got started. Lies from people who are trying to push a certain agenda, an agenda of hatred towards a group of people they do not understand and do not wish to understand. A group of people they think are not worthy of deserving love and a place in society. Unfortunately, this time, they've chosen our most vulnerable population in this attack. They've targeted our children and their schools. And if you look at the curriculum for the schools, and you can easily look it up, you can easily see that they have blown this way out of proportion. Nothing even close to what they're claiming is happening in our schools. It's all lies. Peter asked Jesus, how many times should I forgive my brother for his sins against me? Seven? Seven enough? Seven sounds like a good number to Peter. Sound good? 
And Jesus says, well, how about 77 times each? Jesus knows this would be impossible to manage. Imagine trying to keep track of how many times every person has sinned against you and then how many times you have forgiven them. I mean, you'd have to create a massive spreadsheet. And who has time for that? And then Jesus goes on to tell a story. He tells of a king who wants to settle his accounts, to collect on the debts, to collect on the loans that he has given out. And a man came forward who owed the king 10,000 talents. And the man couldn't pay. And he wanted to sell his family and all that he had for payment. So the man begged. He said, I'll pay you back, please. I'll pay you back. I just need a few more days. And I'll pay you back. And the king hears his cries, takes pity on him, and says, go. You, your debts are forgiven. 10,000 talents forgiven. Now, one talent is equal to 20 years of salary. And this man owed 10,000 times that. The man's debt can never be repaid. It's impossible. Let's bring it to today. Let's say someone makes a meager salary of $50,000 a year. So one talent, in this example, is 20-year salary, so $1 million. 10,000 times that is $10 billion, with a B, billion, $10 billion. How long would it take you to pay back $10 billion? Just need a couple days? If you are fortunate enough to be able to put down $100 a day, $3,000 a month, it would take you 100 million days to pay it all back. Or, if you prefer, 273,972 years, give or take. And that's assuming that the loan is interest-free. No one can pay back that kind of debt. It's not possible. And it's a lot of money for the king to live without, right? He's not forgiving the $20 he gave Buddy for lunch the other day. It's $10 billion. There's not a lot of people in the world who wouldn't notice $10 billion missing from their bank account. Yet the king takes pity on this man, takes pity on his family, and lets them go in his mercy. This man, he's got a newfound freedom. And he takes off, heading home, and he bumps into someone. And this person owes him 100 denarii. And he grabs him and he chokes him and demands repayment. And the man did the same thing. He begged for mercy, begged for time, but he wouldn't be heard. And he threw him in prison until he could repay. So if 10,000 talents is $10 billion today, how much is 100 denarii? 100 denarii is one day's wages. So 100 of those is three months and a bit. So if you go back to the $50,000, three months and a bit is about $13,000. Still not a small amount. But it is one ten-thousandth, one ten-thousandth of a percent of what he owed the king. Now the king catches wind of this and brings the one he forgave back to the palace. He says, I had mercy on you. I forgave you because you begged me to forgive you. Yet, you cannot forgive someone else. And so he has the man thrown in prison and beaten until he can repay his debt. Which means he's got a life sentence. And then some. The king is Jesus. Jesus is the one who forgets our debts to God. Jesus is the one who gave up his life on the cross so we may live. It is through Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, that we are saved. We are forgiven. And we are welcomed into the family of God. 
We have done nothing to receive such a gift. Jesus gives it freely to us and to all who know him. This knowledge, this understanding of what Jesus has done for us should be incredibly humbling. But at the same time, it frees us because sin no longer has control or power over us. Our debt has been erased. Yet, we have habit of looking at other, point, other groups, pointing and crying out, sinner! And we want them punished because we see they're not worthy. This is what's happening in our society right now. And it's wrong. People are pointing at different groups and crying out, sinner! And wanting them punished. They're doing it to the LGBTQ plus community. And they're using it to take away their rights, their safety, their livelihoods. They are attacking the life of someone I love. Someone God loves. Someone Jesus came for. Jesus didn't just come for me. He didn't just come for the church. Jesus came for everyone. And he wants everyone to know him so they can experience God's love for themselves. Why is this so hard to see? I just don't understand. Yet this week, people across Canada marched in the streets of our city screaming and chanting hateful things against our brothers and sisters. No one, no one deserves that kind of hate. And in the light of what we read in the Bible today, is that right? We don't have to agree, but we can still love. God has given us a gift, and he expects us to share that gift. The gift is love. The gift is mercy. The gift is an acceptance as an equal in the eyes of God. There is far too much hate in the world today. Way too much hate. People are quick to judge and condemn without taking the time to talk and try to understand. They're not willing to discuss and learn because they know it will challenge their beliefs, it will challenge their comfort, and it will force them to see the world in a new way. Yet I believe God, through Jesus, is in the game of changing lives. God is in the business of making us see the world in a new way. And the way to see that world is through his eyes. Eyes that see a world in need of more love and less hate. Look at how Jesus lived his life. He walked with people. He talked to them. He listened to them. He taught them about God. And he loved them. This is the Jesus I try to follow. I know God has forgiven me for more than I can ever repay. He has shown mercy upon all of my life. He has forgiven me my $10 billion. And all I can do in response is love others as he has loved me. Especially those who receive hate from others, painfully done at times in the name of Jesus. This is not God's way. Do we fully understand? No. Will it make us uncomfortable? Oh yeah, it will. Now I've always believed God's love, show, God's love has no bounds. That God will make things right as he sees fit. As he sees fit. Not how Nick sees fit. Not angry Christians. Not mobs in the streets. As he sees fit. And as he sees fit, he will make things right. This is what the Bible tells me. Those who follow Jesus learn God's love has no bounds. And his mercy pours out for all those who follow him. Our job, our job is to help people encounter God so they can learn this for themselves. This is our job. Extend God's love as it has been poured into us as we follow Jesus Christ as his disciple. I just hope that I can act like I actually believe it once in a while. And I hope others do as well. Amen. Let us sing together the hymn, When We Are Living.
Let's join together in prayer. Let us pray. Lord, we gather today just ever mindful that your love knows no bounds. That as much as you love us, you love everyone else on this planet. Yet, Lord, we have trouble showing this love. We have trouble even receiving it at times. So we just ask you, God, to remind us once again of how, just how deep and long your love is for us. Crack open our hardened hearts, O God, and just pour your love in there. So that we may be just filled and extend that love to others. We pray today, O God, for those who are on the receiving end of hatred in our world. And there are many people in many walks of life. Yet, Lord, in Jesus, you show us that your love is poured out for all. As Jesus walked with the sinners, as he walked with the foreigners, as he walked with the broken, as he walked with the sick, he showed them love. And he helped them to know you. So, Lord, that is our prayer today. That when we walk among people that we do not know, that we do not understand, help us to love. Whether that be the LGBTQ plus community or someone else, help us to love. That is your command to us, to love one another as you love us. And Lord, we also pray for other problems and situations in this world. We pray for all those who have been hit so hard by natural disasters, fires, earthquakes, floods, storms. Lord, we pray for them. And we pray for those who respond to their needs, who are there to help them, to search, to rebuild, to find comfort. We pray for places of war, O oh God, that you may bring peace. In places of famine, O oh God, may you bring water and food and comfort and healing. For those who are awaiting medical tests, surgeries, treatments, Lord, may you be with them. May you bring healing to them. For those who are alone in this world, O oh God, may you send people to walk with them and be with them, to hear them. Lord, the challenges of this world are many. Far more than we can ever count. Far more than we can ever understand and know. But you see it all. You are in all places. And so we lift them all up to you, O oh God. And now, Lord, we lift to you the prayers of our hearts this day. Lord, hear our prayer, and in your mercy, answer. 
Lord, we lift all these prayers to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I didn't cover the announcements at the start of the service, so maybe we'll talk about them now. Uh, we, have, we had a council meeting last week, so we kind of lined up a whole bunch of dates. So we'll just share those. Or, uh, they were on the screen at the start. If you need to know, there are a few copies of the bulletin, at the, a, a short bulletin at the back. So next Sunday is World Communion Sunday. So we will have communion together. It is also the day after the Day of Truth and Reconciliation uh, re uh, Memorial or Day. Uh, I don't have the full name off the top of my head. So we'll just if you can wear orange, it might be kind of neat. I don't know. Not a lot of people have orange, but I have a lot of orange, but also CBU on it. So we'll see what I have. The week after that will be our Thanksgiving Sunday, and I think we're talking about having a short soup, a little bit of soup after the service on the 8th, aren't we? Thanksgiving Sunday? Yes. On October 13th, in the afternoon, I think it's 2 to 4, we are hosting an open house as part of Celtic Colors for open doors uh, of churches. And if you want to help out at all, just talk to myself or Grace or, or Tess, I guess. And we can, so we can get organized around that on the 13th. There's nothing real fancy. We're just going to have a few snacks. The doors will be open. People can come in. We'll have a few displays set up. Nothing too serious, but it might be nice to have a few people around just to welcome people as they come in. Two weeks after that, on the 27th, we're going to have our annual Apple Crisp sale. And so those will be available for pickup from 2 to 4 on the 27th. They must be pre-ordered, and we'll have tickets available soon. They will be ready for the oven or the freezer and will be $15 each as per last year. People who have trouble with the steps coming into the building, we are now opening the ramp door on Sunday mornings. So it will be opened by 1030 on Sunday morning so you can come in and go out through the ramp door for your own convenience. The first Sunday of the month is where we collect money for the food bank, so our next one will be next week, October 1st. There's all the announcements I have for today. Anything else to share? She's not here today, but I believe it's Sandy's birthday today. Okay, good. Happy birthday, Sandy. They skipped out on their anniversary, too. I'm starting to see a trend here. <laughs> the work of the church continues. And there are other things in the works from the, from the council that hopefully we'll be able to share in the next month or so. Uh, some, some things we're excited about. But we're still working on the details. We're not sure they're going to happen, so we need to work that out. But things are happening. As we roll back into the fall season, we're getting busy again, and it's wonderful to see. And the work of the church continues, not just as far as fundraising, but fellowship, and also just reaching out to the community in love. And so we seek to serve in love, as Christ commands us to love. And we do that through our bodies, our actions, and also through the gifts we give. Our offering will now be received.
Let us pray. Lord, you have blessed us abundantly with your love. In our appreciation of the gifts you give, we respond by offering all we have. In the name of our risen Savior, amen. Our closing hymn today is Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah. God's love has been poured into you to share because God's love has been poured out for everyone on this planet. No matter their walk of life, no matter their background, no matter their social circumstances or anything, God's love is for all. Let us go and be agents of God's love in a world that is desperate need of more love and less hate. Let us go in the name of Jesus Christ, Father, Son of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who walks with us each and every single day. Amen.